Hey everybody, it's Sean, but if you notice, the music behind me is a little different. <laughs> That's because today is a takeover episode, and my dear friends Tiffany and Alan from Momentum Advisors are taking over today's episode. Right now, if you go to your favorite podcast player, if it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google or anywhere else, and you type in the words Momentum Advisors Show, that's one of our podcasts. It's an original podcast series from our dear friends from our financial advisors, Tiffany and Allen. They are brilliant and skilled, and their podcast, which is produced by the North Star, supported by the North Star, is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, in great part because I learn so, so much. So today, you're about to hear from Tiffany and Allen, and they're going to ask you a powerful, painful, probing question. Is your money racist? Is your money racist? Now, we're not just talking about the dollar bills because, yes, the people on your dollar bills are particularly racist, but it's a little deeper than that. They're going to unpack and explain it all, but I can't wait for you to hear from Tiffany and Allen from the Momentum Advisors show on Is Your Money Racist. Let's go. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, hey. Happy new week. New yes. podcast, new episode. I think it's about time, Tiffany. It's about time. I think it's time that we bring the heat. I mean, we do it every week. You so. ain't lying, girl. So today we're talking about one of our favorite topics. If like, you, yeah, if this you, put us on the map. This put us on the map. Um, this is back pre uh, North Star World. And so just to let you know, this is one of our favorite topics. This is something that we're very passionate about. You will hear about it more than once. And it ruffles a lot of feathers. And I will also say this is pre-Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Like being popular. Yeah, we've been talking about this for, I think we started this conversation maybe four, three or four years ago. Yes. And we've continued to have it. And it's continued to evolve. And we continue to piss people off. And honestly, if there's one thing that we are known for at the end of the day... I hope it's this conversation. Yes. I hope it's this thing that we continuously bring to the table, put in front of people, make them uncomfortable, and then make them realize they have the opportunity to make change. And it's simply the question, is your money racist? And unfortunately, I can answer for most people, the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of racist money out here. Yeah. And we're going to try to fix that today. We want to uncover it. We want to talk about it. Like there's a big focus on... ESG investing. When people say ESG, what they stand, what they mean is environment, social, and corporate governance. Yeah. Oftentimes it's called socially responsible investing. Huge focus. Like today there's over $17 trillion out of 70 trillion that's invested in a socially responsible way. There's a 42% increase in the amount of money that's being managed socially responsibly. Yeah. And that's only in the last two years. So two years ago, this wasn't that big of a thing. It has become more trendy. People are talking about it more and more. It's something that you hear more regularly, but it's still not talked about enough. And honestly, when it comes to ESG and socially responsible investing, covers a number of industries, covers a number of topics and issues. We're talking about like the racist part. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's interesting because so many people are woke. I know y'all are woke. You're dialed in. You know, you're black. Especially North Star listeners. Yes. This is probably the wokest super woke crew. Extra ever. woke. Okay. Unfortunately, as woke as you are, your money is probably still racist. Yeah, and that's a shame. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with just not knowing. Just not knowing what your options are, just not knowing how deep this thing goes. And a lot of it also has to do with a lot of companies don't have to reveal how racist they are. Yeah. And and I would even add, may I expand the topic Feel set, free. Tiffany? Is your money racist? Is it also sexist? Mm. And is it also doing things to ruin your own community? And again, the answer is probably yes. Yeah. So one of the ways that we find that people's money is racist is simply who we invest our money with. Yes. There is a statistic nationally that less than 1.3% 
of the assets under management that are professionally managed, meaning money that's in mutual funds and money that's with professional money managers, less than 1.3% is managed by companies that are owned by women, minorities, Black people. Right. So what that means is you may be Black, but you don't have a Black person managing your money. Or you may be a woman, but you're not allowing a woman to manage your money. And why does that matter, right? Like, like we want to give equal opportunity, you know, all lives matter, whatever. It matters. Because, all lives. Wait, what? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that, <laughs> wait, no, wait, what did you say? To, just to say that, right? Like, it's Black lives matter until it comes to our money and our service mm, providers. And now all, and lives, now matter. all lives matter. Right? Now, wow. now, now it doesn't matter because mm. you provide a good service. But no, it does matter because Black people and women and people of color offer great services also, but they oftentimes don't get the same amount of opportunity because you're out here all lives mattering it. Mm, yeah, and I think one of the big issues is like, look, if black people and women and minorities, if we did a bad job of investing, then I would understand. Well, they're bad at investing, so let's not put money with them. But the statistics and the research shows that on average, these companies that are diversely owned, owned by women and minorities, on average, they do as good and better. Yes. Statistically, they don't do any worse. So why is it that less than 1.3% of that money is managed by Black-owned firms and women-owned firms? So let's start to break this down really quickly. Just going to do a checklist. Okay. Do you have an accountant? If you have an accountant, is your accountant Black? Mm. Or is your accountant a woman? Is your accounting firm owned by women Aha. and minorities? Right. You might have found the only Black accountant at the all-white firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about your financial advisor? Do you have a financial advisor? Are they black or are they a woman? Or again, if they are, are they the only black person at a white-owned firm? Which I, I'm okay with that. But it's the question. Yeah. Like we're asking the question because there's so much focus on spending black, buy black. Black ownership. But it doesn't extend to equity, like meaning do they own the company? Right. And it certainly doesn't extend enough to professional services. Right. And why does it matter? Oh, because this is another good one. Who do you buy insurance from? Where do you mm. get your insurance from? Are you using a black insurance broker? Are you working with a black insurance firm? And the reason why we're asking these questions, there's a number of reasons why this matters. One on the most basic level, people who look like you, people who have similar backgrounds than you, understand the things that are important to you. These industries like accounting, financial services, insurance, a lot of the decisions that are made are based on who you are as a person and what you value. People who look like you or people who have similar backgrounds than you are sensitive, are understanding to the things that matter to you and the things that you value. Also, these people make a lot of money. Let's be clear, right? There's so many people in the financial services industry because there's money to be made. When you have a non-Black service provider, you are funding white households. And is that a bad thing? No. All we are saying is if you're going to have this movement around Black dollars and Black spending, oh, make sure you transition it all the way through. I'm not talking about going to the Black-owned coffee shop and spending $5 versus going to Starbucks. I'm talking about the thousands of dollars yeah. that you pay to your financial advisor. Big money. Big money. Making sure that also goes to a Black household. If that's what matters to you, I think it's very easy to overlook. And it doesn't need to be overlooked anymore. It's very nice that you get on social media and you'll find a Black candle company and you'll find a Black soul food restaurant. And, you know, maybe you'll even find a your hairdresser's Black and you make sure they get your hundreds of dollars here and there. But the thousands, the thousands and the tens of thousands of dollars that you spend elsewhere, is that going Black too? Is that is that being spent with a woman also? Is that shared and fair equity also? Is that aligned with your mission? Because it's probably not. May I take it a step further? Take Tiffany? it further. May, may, I, may I go a little deeper go, into the go water? Go all the way. May I wade in the water go a little bit? Go all the way. Also, look at who the money managers are that your financial advisor has placed you with. Mm. What I mean by that is that your money is probably inside of mutual funds, exchange-traded funds. Who are the people running those dollars? Are they black? Are the organizations black? But Alan, Alan, I just give my HR just takes money out of my check and they just put it in some random fund. That's not on me. That's not my fault. Is it? Is it's it? not on you. It's not on you. You just sit there and just take what they give you. Right. You just allow them 
Again, yes, I know it's easy. Oftentimes we don't know what's going on. And so the easiest thing to do is just to pick a random fund and put your money in it. I just want to let you know, Alan and I are here to let you know, you are probably invested in prison complexes. Mm. You are probably invested in political candidates that you don't support. You're probably invested in ICE and immigration services. Um, So while you want to take your hands off the wheel, feel free. Mm. But I want to let you know that these organizations, these entities that we hate so much are funded by someone. And it is probably... You And the reason why we have this conversation is not to make you feel bad. It is to make you aware so that we can make the change and do something about it. And it's very easy to make the change. Now, if it's with your 401k, you might have to get some folks together and walk down to HR with a whole crew and make some demands. And one of the demands should be, where are the Black-owned money managers? Where are the women-owned money managers on our list? At least add them to the list. Right. Because- You really just want the option. Everybody does not have to partake, but if it matters to you, your company has the responsibility to make it available to you. And I'm just going to say, I know plenty of black people who work in HR, Mm -hmm. who have high HR roles. I would say that a lot of black people work in HR. Work in HR. Then that means it's your responsibility Mm. to get on this, not only for yourself, but for the other people in your organization and all the employees that you support to say, listen, it is our responsibility to make sure that in the investments that are available in their 401k or whatever their retirement plan is, we've got some options that support Black people that are socially responsible, that you know are aligned with ESG or that are aligned with the things that matter to me, not just the funds and the investments that are ruining the world. Absolutely. And then, so that's 401k, but now let's say you have a brokerage account. Mm. Let's say you rolled your IRA over to another brokerage firm. Oh, so now, now it's really, it's all on you. Yeah, that's on you. That's all on you. If you've never talked to your financial advisor about what percentage of my money is being managed by black people and by women and minority owned firms, that's a problem. And that's a conversation that you have to have moving forward. That like, that has to start today again. I'm, I get very caught up when people are like, listen, I buy black. I bought um, my toothbrush from a black-owned company. <laughs> you know what I mean? I made sure. Toilet paper. Right. Toilet paper. I'm signed up with Title. You know what I mean? I don't even have Spotify. I just have Title. All those things are really great. And that's $15 here and that's $20 here. But I am telling you, tens of thousands of dollars that are going out of your household, of the money that you bring in, of your income, you are paying to organizations that don't support you, that don't like you, and you are funding their household. And it is your responsibility after hearing this podcast and all the other podcasts that come after this that we talk about is your money racist, just to ask the questions. That is how you make the change. You walk into your service providers and say, hey, we need to have a new conversation. And the conversation is, I need you to um, pull a report or I need you to do analysis on all my investments on all the companies that we work with, all your vendors. I need to know how many of them are Black-owned, how many of them are women-owned. I need to know what we are invested in. And then the big question, the one that's really going to piss people off, what are the underlying investments in some of these funds? Mm. Yeah, no, that's a fact. And I will tell you, I used to be a part of the problem, Tiffany. We all used to be a part of the problem. Before I woke up with regards to, is your money racist? I was a part of the problem. So I started an investment firm, Momentum Advisors, nine years ago. And in the first couple of years, I had no money with black money managers. I never thought about it. Right. I thought, well, if you're coming to me, then you've checked the box. You've got your money with a black owned firm. Hallelujah. Right. And then I realized- Shout out to you for taking my money. Yeah. And then I realized one day that all I'm doing is turning around and giving the money to white owned organizations, skipping right over the fact that there's a ton of black owned money managers out there. And I had to check myself. And what I found is that if you do the work, there's outstanding black money managers out there. Who are killing it. Killing it. A lot of them have mutual funds with low buy-ins. You don't even need tens of thousands of dollars to buy in. You just need the information. So one of the things we're going to do on our page at Momentum Advice, our Twitter page, we'll tweet out a list of black-owned money managers just to you know show you how good they are. We'll also show you they're Morningstar ratings. You'll see a lot of these funds are five-star rated funds. Right. And you don't hear about them, right? Because one, it's not your responsibility. It's your service provider's responsibility, which is why, again, it does matter if your service provider is Black or looks like you or has some uh, 
common ground with you because then they will recognize that these things are important to you and maybe they will bring them to your forefront. But when they're not, they're just hoping you don't ask. They don't really care. They don't have the resources to say, hey, yeah, absolutely. We can put your money with some black money managers because they aren't looking either. And that's really a part of our bigger problem. When we talk about driving wealth to the Black community, when we talk about equal pay for women, the bigger problem is not just in the hand-to-hand retail consumer space. It's in the service provider space. It is who you do business with. It is who owns those businesses that you work with. It is who their vendors are. I have a really great example, and Alan, I'd like for you to share the story. There was a company that reached out to you not too long ago mm-hmm. asking you, hey, um, you know, we are financial service providers. You know, we have a service or a product that we'd like for you to get involved with. Are you cool, Alan, if we if we sit down and talk? And- yeah, so, yeah, this I get hit up literally, I think, four times a day by companies that are selling investment products. And I'm looking at this one company, I'm like, wow, this looks, this product looks great. Wow, I like it. And I'm flipping through and I get to the management team. And they got a, a little org chart and the photos are up. And it, then was I, like, it was like 10, 12 photos. And then I flipped to the next page and it's more of a whole firm breakout. Even more photos. I'm talking about, I've never seen more white men on one sheet of paper. Just a sea of whiteness. So I, I wrote back, I said, look, not to be funny, but this is possibly the least diverse company I've ever seen. I'm not comfortable doing business with you guys. And it's not that I'm just so woke. I also know that diverse companies make better decisions. Diverse companies produce more profits. Like if your company has all monolithic people that look exactly alike, that came from the same places, that went to the same school, I know that you're missing out on investment opportunities. Yeah, because you all think alike and you lack innovation and you're not looking outside the box. And so if you stick with us, Alan will tell you the charge that he gave to this company. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Which part of your house feels a little less secure than you might want it to feel? Maybe it's your first floor windows. Maybe it's a French door. For me, I never really have to worry about that now because my security system from Simply Safe keeps me safe and secure. Now there's no time, day or night, where I have to worry because I know my house is always being guarded. Simply Safe just makes it really, really easy. It takes about two minutes to customize a system on their website. If you go there now, go to simplysafe.com slash break, and the system arrives in about seven days. And then it's gonna take you just about 30 minutes to set it up. I've done it myself. Right now, go to simplysafe.com slash break. If you go there today, you can customize your system and you'll get a free security camera. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. It's just for our listeners. Go now to simplysafe.com slash break. Check it out. Let me know what you think. We are back. Yes. This is like our trademark conversation. This is kind of what we are known for. New to you, old to us, and we kind of can't stop, won't stop when it comes to this topic. Is Is your your money money racist? racist? And the answer probably is yes. yes. So right before we went to break, Alan was talking about a scenario when, again, a investment opportunity, uh, an investment service provider reached out to the firm, as they always do multiple times a day, saying, hey, I have a really great investment for you to look at. Alan looked at it and said, wow, this really is a great investment. But um, your entire team, everybody who makes decisions, your entire organization is white men. Yeah. And for me, that's a problem. Yeah. And, and what I'm thankful for is that this company said, you know what? Yeah, you're right. We've got to do something about it. And when I look at your org chart, you've got a, a sea of beautiful brown and white and all sorts of colors in your in your mix. Can you help us? And so we met and I, I did a whole presentation to their whole company about 
how to increase diversity. I'm not like a diversity specialist yes. or anything like that. Because I was going to throw a little bit of shade. Uh-oh. Not necessarily towards this organization, because I do applaud them for taking the criticism and doing something about it. But to our white listeners, okay? To our listeners in the HR space, to our listeners in the DNI, which is diversity and inclusion, which is the new hot term mm. around here. Um, you know, Alan and I get pinged often to do speaking engagements and to have conversations about diversity and inclusion, being black in these various spaces, um, you know, how to make sure, how to show that diversity is valuable. And I just want to let you know, black people aren't the ones that need to be listening to these conversations. <laughs> yeah, that's fact. You need to be having these conversations with white people. They are the ones that need to see the value and diversity inclusion. Y'all love getting a group of black people together and having a we value diversity and inclusion conversation. We get it. We know. We're diverse. We got it. It's the white people. You need to have a see a room of white people that you're having this conversation with. And second, since I'm on it, since 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 I've already let the cat out the bag. Um, if you are going to bring in a black speaker. To have the conversation with your team and your organization about diversity and inclusion, pay, pay them. them. I knew you were going to say pay them. Pay them. Yeah. You're, pay we're them. not doing community service because yeah. y'all don't want to value black people. It ain't like, our fault. It's not our fault. That's a speaking engagement. You would pay someone else to come in and motivate and ramp up your team around being inspired and everything else. Well, go ahead and pay us to come in and have this conversation about y'all's problem that y'all need to fix and pay us appropriately. And realize that if you don't fix this diversity problem, your company is like a horse and buggy in the automotive industry. Yeah, like, it's on you. You're going to go bankrupt. Like Your company's going to close. Like The crazy thing about this topic is that there's so much data out there. Like I often hear this question, well, show me the numbers, show me that it, like, bruh, at this point, there is so much overwhelming proof that diversity works, that it matters, that these companies are more profitable, that they are more innovative, that they're more successful, that they won't make major mistakes. Like you exactly. see so many companies that you can tell they don't have black people on their boards. Right. How many times is Gucci going to put monkey on a sweater? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and so here's the thing, Alan and I, again, we've been having this conversation probably since about four years ago. Now we gave y'all a heads up. Now over the last two years with the Black Lives Matter movement and the push towards spending black and black dollars and all these companies being called out because their boards and their executive teams are all white. Now it's like, oh my Lord. Yeah. We've got to do better. We didn't, been, we didn't even recognize. Mm-hmm. We've been telling you for a long time for it's years. a problem and not just a problem because you got called out on it, but it's a problem because as Alan said, your company will be antiquated. You will not be able to have forward thinking, full innovation, penetrate other markets when everybody just looks like you and everybody just thinks like you. Let's get back to this money thing. Yes, because we're talking about y'all's money, because to be honest. the crazy thing is, I think corporate America has done a very good job in the last 12 months of devoting dollars to Black Lives Matter. Yes, they'll write a check. You've got companies like Google and Facebook, mm-hmm. like devoting dollars to Black venture capitalists and all sorts of things. You also have the pension fund community. The pension fund community has been investing in a diverse way for years. Like for over 20 years, for example, New York City has had a mandate about hiring minority-owned and women-owned investment managers. And they have over 6% of their money managed by diverse teams. The state of Illinois, again, a lot of the states have mandates, have targets. So corporate America's doing a good job. The government's doing a decent job. Decent. But what about us as individuals? Individuals. Like, what is your percentage of money with Black-owned money managers yeah. and women-owned money managers? So just sit. Like, sit down. Sit at a table. You've got time. You ain't going nowhere. It's COVID unless you live in Atlanta because y'all outside. <laughs> um, sit down and just think about all the vendors in your life. And I mean, just include everybody. Who's your gas and electric company? Who's your waste management company? Again, if do you have a financial advisor? Who's your insurance broker? Um, just go down the list. You can go as deep as your hairdresser, who, your dentist, your primary care physician. And let's just check off, starting with first column, how many of them are black? Mm-hmm. How many of them are women? Mm-hmm. And then how many of the companies are owned by a black person or a woman? Mm-hmm. 
And I think it'll start to give you a picture of where your money's going, what households you're fueling, because you're not fueling black wealth circulation, Mm -hmm. right? You are definitely, like, I can be very transparent, right? Alan and I, we work in the financial services industry. We operate as financial advisors and wealth managers for a lot of families. You get, we get a good amount of money. We we make a fair amount of money. We do okay. Um, we do we do. I don't know about you, but we do well, right? And that directly comes from being able to manage other people's money. We get paid off of being able to manage other people's money. When your financial advisor, again, when your service provider is a white person or an old white man, just know that that's, that's whose household you're, you're, you're funding. And by the way, if you've got a great connection with this person, that's awesome. st- stick with them. Stick we're with we're them. not saying turn your back on them, but what we are saying at a minimum, make sure that some of your investments are being invested in a way, or all of your investments are being invested in a way where you're proud of what it says about you. Right. Because, and that's what I was going to say. It's not like you said, it's not just one note. It's very layered. If you have a financial advisor that doesn't look like you, but you have a really great relationship and they take care of your household, that's great. But that does mean that now you have to have the other conversations around, mm-hmm. what am I actually invested in? I know this is a fund, right? A fund just has a number of different investments inside of it. Let's talk about each of the investments that's actually inside of it. Yeah. Oh, I know I'm invested in that REIT, right? Which is a real estate investment trust. Now, I said I like real estate. And so you invested my money in a REIT, which sounds really cool. I just want to make you aware, guys, unfortunately, most REITs are somehow invested in the prison complex. A lot. Are you comfortable with that? Now, there are are some out there that are not, but are you in those? You're probably not because you, you didn't bring it up. You didn't say it was an issue for you. Do you have an issue with what's happening with Black people in the industrial prison complex? Just know there's possibly a really great chance that you're funding it. Yeah, because the crazy thing is these companies are never called something right. that would let you know yes. that it's you know a prison stock. Yes. Like one of the biggest ones is there's a, a company called G4S. I like that. G4S G4S? Sounds, G4S? That sounds fast. They're speedy. innovative. They're on it. They're the largest security company in the world. They have over 585,000 employees in 125 different countries. But did you know that they make their money managing prisons and detention facilities? And that it includes transporting immigrants to the ICE immigration centers where they'll be detained and the kids will be separated from the parents. Like that's how G4S makes its money. And G4S is a part of a bunch of different funds. Money managers have bought these things because they thought that this is a great investment. Wow. You might own this thing. I'll tell you a quick story. We have a number of clients who are formally incarcerated and then ultimately exonerated and they receive financial compensation. And one of our guys was in tears when he found out that his financial advisor- Who was not us. Who was at a big major firm that has got an office on every corner, put this guy's money- in municipal bonds that were used to fund prison construction. And he's like, wait a minute, this thing that ruined my life. Ruined my family's life. I'm now paying to support? Like I'm profiting from it? Because the returns are good. And you as the advisor didn't even think to ask me about this. He didn't know he owned this bond. No one asked him. No one came to him and said, hey, what do you think about this? And I'm gonna just be honest. We snitched. I mean, the reason why he found out is because we ended up he ended up reaching out to us and we took a look at his investments and we were like, fam, yeah. just so you're aware, mm-hmm. no shade. Yeah. Just want to let you know what's going on. It shade. might matter to you. Shade. So I'm a shade. Yeah. 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 That's, it's a big deal. So you have the same control over your investments. You just need to be armed with the information. I would take it a step further. Like you said, you know, is the, is the advisor black? Is the firm black? Is the CEO Black, I'd take it to the leadership team, the board of directors. Is it diverse? You want to make sure that your dollars are saying something about you that matches how you feel on the inside. And in today's information age, all it is is doing the research. Yeah. And here's the thing. I'm not saying that your financial advisors or whoever your service providers are, are just trifling evil people. They might not know either. They might not be doing their due diligence either. And so honestly, what we are saying is that change is very easy. It's because you can be the catalyst. You can be the one to say, hey, I need us to take a deeper dive into what these investments really are. And you might be opening their eyes also. And then you can speak up and say, listen, for me, 
I'm not cool with it. So we've got to reallocate some of my investments to some other things. And just so that we are clear, you're not doing charity. You're not hooking up black people by using black service providers, by investing with black money managers. Because as Alan mentioned earlier, a lot of these black money managers are outperforming these other basic, regular, larger, well-known investments. The only difference is that you know about the big ones you don't know about these guys. And I'll tell you why. It's simple. Like <laughs> financial services is inherently biased against black people and women. If you were able to create a firm and have that firm endure for more than one or two years, odds are you're pretty good at what you do. And so on average, what we find, like we have a couple of funds that we're invested in that happen to be black owned, but their performance is in the top five or 10% of all the money managers that are in that category. And one of these firms that we found, when we first found them, they were managing less money than our firm was managing. They were managing like $20 million. We were at that time, I think 70 or 80 million. Today we're at 285 million. This company went from managing 20 million to managing over a billion in just three years. We found them when they were still one year old and we met with them and we said, wow, this money manager is impeccable. Like, this is like the smartest guy I've ever met happens to be black. And what I'm saying is that if you take the time, if your financial advisor takes the time to look, and if you throw out some of the things that preclude us from getting funded, throw out that the mutual fund has to be around for 10 years or more, and that the company needs to you know, be managing $20 billion to be considered, throw those things out and just look at who are the managers What's their background? What's their story? And what you'll find is that there's a lot of Black and women-owned firms that deserve your dollars. Now, one thing I will say that I'm super proud of, right? Like, ever since we got on this kick, like, as you mentioned, like, in the beginning, we were just like everybody else. But at Momentum Advisors, ever since we've got on this kick, we've made all our advisors inside our firm aware that this is important to us and this is what you need to be talking about with your clients. So many of our clients, individual and institutional, are like, I'm in. I didn't know. My bad. But I'm in. I'm dedicated to investing my money. I'm, I'm dedicated to matching my money with my mission. And that has consistently made me proud. So many people can be like, listen, it's not my problem. I know I donated to the NAACP and that's all I got for you. But so many people are like, thank you so much for making me aware. I'm glad your firm specializes in this. Let's do it. Let's, let's allocate. Let's reallocate some of my investments. Not with any loss on returns. Right, Still having a really great performance, really great portfolio, but saying, listen, I want to make sure I am invested in a way where my money is doing the things that I wanted to do while also making money for me. So what that tells me is that we want to do the right thing. We just don't know we're doing the wrong thing. No one is telling us the truth. No one is kind of pulling the sheets off the bed. No one's Mm -hmm. letting us know what's really going on. But once we are aware, hence this podcast, now that you are aware... It is your responsibility to, in every area, in every step where you are spending your money with a service provider, to start asking questions. It's also your responsibility to share this information with your friends so this is not just a one person, one household change, so that this is a movement and so that money can really start to be allocated towards the things that matter to you, away from the things that are against you and being circulated in the households that you genuinely and actually want to support. Can I brag on a few Black-owned and Black-themed investments? Do your thing. May I brag Go a little bit, it. Tiffany? Go for thank it. You for, thank you for that opportunity. First, I'll talk about Infinity Q. They're based in New York and Atlanta. The manager is a gentleman named James Velasaris. He's the guy I was talking about just a, a few seconds ago. Infinity Q Diversified Alpha, which is the name of the mutual fund. The ticker is IQDNX for those nerds who want to look this thing up. In March of 2020, the stock market was down 30%. Would you believe James's fund was up 8% year to date through March of 2020? His fund is a hedge fund. Their goal is to make money whether the stock market goes up or down. They've been in the top 1% to 2% of all the hedge funds that have mutual funds. And you've never heard of them. Black-owned firm. Another one is Brown Capital. Brown Capital is based in Baltimore. The founder is a gentleman named Eddie Brown. They've been around for years. They've got an international small cap fund small cap meaning small sized companies, that's in the top 3% of all the international small cap managers out there. And then finally, there's the NAACP ETF. This is 
sponsored by a company called Impact Shares. This is an ETF or an exchange-traded fund, a low-cost, call it an index fund. It's an opportunity to invest in companies that have a good track record with the Black community, and it excludes companies that have a bad track record with Black people. And this fund in 2020 did 10% better than its peers and 5% better than the S&P 500. So what I'm getting at by highlighting these three investments is that you can match your money with your mission and also make more money that way. Right. And so, you know, for a lot of us, it's like, listen, I might not have that much money. I, I'm not really invested that much. I, like I said, I, I try to contribute to my retirement as much as possible, but like, I'm not really all that sophisticated. You still have the opportunity to make change. Maybe you write down those three investment opportunities Alan just mentioned to you. You go to your HR department and say, why don't we have options like this? I am a black man, I am a black woman, I am a person of color, and I want to make sure that I am not building my retirement on the backs of, like you said, ICE, immigration, prison complexes, and things like that. And so I just want options. Why doesn't our company value options? Why are we not offering investment opportunities that support things that really matter to people like me? The conversation really could just start there. But maybe, again, you don't feel like you're that sophisticated you don't know what companies are doing well and what companies aren't. You don't know about GS4. Like, listen, I don't really do all that. There's a lot of companies out there. Again, if you just do the research, Alan and I at our firm, we work with a third-party organization that gives a score, gives a score to various companies and various investments that help us outline and identify which companies are doing right by not only just Black people, but by women, by LBGTQ, um, by the environment, a variety of things. And so having an advisor who can do that is great. But you can just do some research and, and we'll just give you a couple of companies, just a couple of companies that are doing right and, and some that are not. On this note, there's the idea that there's a lot of different things that matter to you that might not matter to somebody else. Right. And so it's really important for you to understand what are the causes that matter to you most. So some of the causes that we get involved in that our clients have said to us matter, like you mentioned, LGBTQ issues, women leadership. Gun violence. Divesting from the prison industrial complex. Immigration. Racial equity. Women leadership. There's so many different causes. And so you really have the ability today to really customize your investments around these different themes. And we help our clients to do that for sure. So we're going to go to break right now. But as soon as we come back, we're going to identify some of these companies, some of the good and some of the bad. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Ooh, it's the pathway to Hi, this is Donnie Rose, Chief Content Editor here at The North Star, encouraging you to check out thenorthstar.com every day for insightful, engaging commentary on the stories that impact our culture. The writers at The North Star make it our mission to advocate, mobilize, agitate, and disrupt in the name of creating liberation-centered content. We unapologetically center the narratives of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people. We understand that you can get news from anywhere, so we are more interested in offering perspective that speaks to the experiences of our audience. We write freely and with freedom on our minds. We invite you to indulge in our daily editorials and engage in the dialogue that will change the world. We are back. Yes. We've been talking about, is your money racist? Stepping on some toes. You're definitely, your heart rate's up a little bit. <laughs> Maybe you're feeling a little called out. That's not what this is about. Triggered. A little triggered. I yeah. think you might be triggered. And hopefully you are triggered. And it's not because you're a bad person or you're doing the wrong thing. It's because you haven't been aware, one, of what the bad thing is, and two, how much impact you have over change. We have this conversation so that you guys are aware and so that you can then take action. Sean King is great at giving out action steps. I think we do a good job when it comes to giving out action steps that have an individual impact on your household. We are talking about having an impact over the world, and we have the ability to do so. But we got we to gotta just uncover some of the demons. So before we went to break, we said we were going to spill the tea. Yeah. It's some companies out here that's living foul. That's a little trifling. Absolutely. So let's say you care about the prison industrial complex. Okay, I care about that. And you want to make sure that you're investing in companies that are doing good. 
by this complex, meaning they're not mistreating or not hiring folks based on their criminal background. Yeah, they're not capitalizing off of putting people in prison. Absolutely. So Tyson Foods would be a great stock to consider. You mean chicken? Yeah. We like Tyson Foods. Absolutely. So Tyson Foods signed the 2016 Fair Chance Business Pledge, which means that they're committed to giving candidates a fair chance regardless of their criminal record. A lot of major corporations aren't willing to do that. And so that is a step in the right direction. Yeah, so we already talked about G4S as a company that's absolutely profiting from the prison industrial complex. But here's a couple others. There's CXW. There's, their company is called Core Civic. That doesn't sound prisony sounds at all, in very, fact. Very, very corporate. There's GEO. That sounds pretty good. I like another GEO. Another prison stock. You know, again, there's a lot of these companies that are profiting from prisons. And again, you may say, I've never heard of these companies before. I've never given them any of my money. You really don't know. Again, if you at your job, you're contributing to your retirement savings and you're just invested in some random fund, write these names down. Go to HR and say, hey, just want to make sure I'm not invested in any of these things. Can you look at the underlying investments in some of these funds and just let me know? Just want to be aware. And there might be 500 different investments. So it's going to take a little bit of work. But, but that's their job. It's important to know. And we will say, you know, we do an analysis of people's portfolios for them at Momentum Advisors. Hit us up at our website, momentum-advisors.com, and we can do the work. Yeah. One thing we are known for, we do a free analysis for everybody just so that you understand what your financial situation is. But in addition, we will do an analysis on how racist your portfolio is. And again, as Alan mentioned, if there are other issues that are important to you, like gun violence, we can do a rapport or an analysis on on those things as well. But you do need a portfolio uh, yeah. for us to don't, analyze it. <laughs> don't call us with your Robinhood username and password. Like, yeah, no, y'all can look that, that up yourselves. You don't yeah. need to get a professional involved. Your Acorns account, it's fine. Just do yeah. some Google and it's enough. Yeah, absolutely. So what if you care about racial justice and diversity? I care about those things. There's so many tech companies that really showed out when it came to Black Lives Matter. And we want to highlight a couple of those. One is Google. Google devoted $100 million towards Black-owned venture capital funds. Another is PayPal. They dedicated $530 million to support the Black community. There, there's a ton of these tech firms that have done well. Yeah, you and I, we actually know somebody who received some... Uh some PayPal funds. Yeah. One of our guys, Nasir Kadri, his fund, Zeal Capital, Zeal Capital Partners got, I think, 15 or $20 million from, from PayPal. I think American Express has been doing something in those lines as well. Yeah. There's a ton. Like there's like we did a show weeks ago that you should check out. It's called Opportunity Doesn't Knock. And we talked about a lot of the ways that corporate America has expanded opportunities for Black people. Yeah, I know Lowe's. Lowe's has been doing right by the Black community for a very long time, making sure dollars are contributed to the Black community. And also their leadership is Black. Yeah, they got a Black CEO. Yeah, and has for a long time, well before Black Lives Matter, well before people started getting called out. Um, Now, Home Depot, that's a different story. That's a little little bit different. different. So if you don't care about racial justice and diversity, you might consider investing in Wynn Resorts. Ah! Wynn Resorts, the hotel and casino operator, has been flagged multiple times on controversies around diversity. Now, that might hurt your heart. We know a lot of people like to gamble. You might love your Wynn Resort, but I will tell you, you know, if you are a person of color, Wynn Resorts doesn't necessarily like you. And so not only should you not be invested there, but you probably shouldn't be spending your dollars there either. Now, what about immigration? If immigration is important to you, There are companies like HP. HP has established a pledge to create learning centers in Lebanon and Jordan to engage refugees in youth development skills. Yeah, and they started that back in 2016, right? So they've been in this thing for a couple of years now. Um, This isn't just a trendy thing, but they've been making sure that refugees have access to personal computers, printers, and just the opportunity to learn. If you care about gun violence meaning you don't want to profit from gun violence. Right. You should not own Raytheon. Raytheon is a large U.S. defense contractor, 67,000 employees around the world, but Raytheon is the largest producer of guided missiles in the world. So when you hear about all of this war, bombing, bombing communities of color, a lot of times, Raytheon is behind that. Well, they didn't pull the trigger, but they definitely made the, made the missile. For sure. Now, women's leadership. I'm a woman. Okay. I'm a leader. So it's hard to endorse this company, but Navient, the student loan company. I'm not doing it. I'm not not investing in that. Well, well, their board is, the the majority of their board is women. 
That's messed up. I don't I don't know these type of women. These women aren't my fr- my friends. Sally May. She she's a woman technically. She's trifling too. Well, Navient has a really diverse board. Mm. And if you care about women leadership, women being able to cross the glass ceiling, mm. you might consider owning Navient. Speaking of glass ceiling, I was watching the news yesterday. I was watching the CEO of Cody. I don't know if you saw if you ever seen the CEO of Cody, but the CEO of Cody is trans, a trans woman. Yes. What's crazy about that is, you know, they, there's articles about this trans woman breaking the glass ceiling. But there's controversy behind it. There is controversy behind it because when you think about, you know, again, there's a big fight around women and equal pay. And so you are correct. The CEO of Cody is a trans woman, um, was formerly at some point a man and is now um, a whole woman. For years. For years. And, 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 and is a woman in, in totality. But for some, it's like, so the person who breaks the glass ceiling had to start off a man. Yeah. That, and there's there's controversy around But at the that. same time, I would imagine if I'm a trans person, I'm very inspired by the fact that this person has ascended to that rank. I'm inspired by the fact that Cody is this open-minded in just seeing people for who they are and their skills and what they bring to the table. Because it's probably very easy for trans people and people, just a lot of people in the LBGTQ community to feel pushed down and looked aside because of some of because of who they are. I appreciate that Cody really does recognize excellence when they see it, no matter what it's packaged like or what their past experience is. I do appreciate that. Did you know that Tim Cook is gay, the CEO of Apple? I sure didn't. See? This is another example of a company that if you care about LGBTQ issues, you might consider a company whose CEO has ascended and is gay. And they were not held back by that. I think that's a beautiful thing. I do think that's a beautiful thing. But I do just want to backtrack for a second. The women leadership at Navient, whoever Sally (laughs) May is, if it really is a Sally May, we don't like you. We don't Mm. like you. um, you listen, go work somewhere else. Um, your diversity uh, is overshadowed by what you are doing to communities of color, um, especially black women. We're not here for you. It's on site for y'all. Um, uh, so I'm. it's very nice that they hired y'all, but we're not here for what you bring to the table. Lighten up, sis. Oh, my gosh. Okay? Yeah. Okay. You're, you're still... Well, what about when they forgive those student loans? You're That's gonna not going to be them. That's gonna not going to be those women. It's point. not going to be those women who do that. That might be uh, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris who mm. have gotten involved in, with that. I'm not giving them that credit. These okay. women have been ruining our lives for <laughs> years. And I, I have nothing to say to them. Don't invest in Navient, for period. <laughs> I don't care what how diverse they are. At all. Listen, what we hope we've done today. And Sally Mae, if you see her, if she's still alive, whoever she really (laughs) is, if y'all really know who she is, go on our Twitter at Momentum Advice and just drop her address. Drop her Instagram, drop her address, because we got something for her. Yeah. What if she's like a 90-year-old woman? You're going to go bring it to her? I'm sorry. What if Adolf Hitler was it? Like, no one cares. No one, no one, yes, we're going to bring it to her. Sally not a person. Bring bring it to her door, for sure. Sally may help a lot of people get their education. And she's ruined a lot of credit scores at the same time. Mm. Lighten up, sis. We just wanted to be educated. Don't hate the player, hate the game. That's all I'm saying. School shouldn't cost that much. It shouldn't cost that much. In the first place. But it is. And she's capitalizing off of it. Why don't you lobby for reduction in tuition prices? Mm. Not put interest on it. How about that? (laughs) All right. Sally. What I hope we've done today is open your eyes to doing business in a way That reflects your views. Yeah. And know that you have the opportunity, even if it's only in your own household, to make a real change with how your dollars are allocated. It's more than just your random spending. It's more than just who you buy your makeup with or, you know, who you let cut your hair. It's bigger than that. It's all around us. It's with your service providers. It's with your vendors. It's with your service providers' vendors. And you have the right, you have the opportunity to speak up and say, hey, I need us to look into this for me. There might be some things happening that I'm not comfortable with. Can I see a list of your vendors? How many of your vendors are Black-owned companies or women-owned companies? You can have these conversations and it may ruffle some feathers, but honestly, it may just open some eyes where people are like, listen, we got to do better. And as you make these decisions, You're creating wealth in the Black community, in women-led households and women-owned businesses. And you're also putting pressure on companies that are not diverse. Because as they see these diverse companies grow, 
they're going to say, wow, maybe I need to be more diverse. Maybe I need to do some hiring in a different way. And you're making the world better while also creating some wealth that we hope will start to circulate in our community. Yeah, so what we're asking you to do, I think we've given you some homework earlier in this podcast episode just to sit down and assess your own situation. But we are asking you to share this information. We are asking you not only to just share this podcast, but have this conversation with your homegirls, have this conversation with your boys, with your family members, and start to charge or challenge each of you to do something different. And I know of one great minority-owned wealth management firm. Shout out. Momentum-advisors.com. I also know one minority-owned insurance brokerage. Mm, What's that? Momentum-risk.com. Interesting. I'm just saying. And they do life insurance, property and casualty, home, auto, all that? Boat. Really? Private jet insurance. Mm, If you fancy. Okay. All right. I I, I like where this is going. So Go to the websites. Get a complimentary consultation. We want to thank everybody for listening today. Yeah. Thank you to the North Star for sponsoring this podcast to willis to sean and ray for believing in us we appreciate you and we want you to know unfortunately this is not the last time you're going to hear us talking about this this is a big topic for us it's actually bigger than just this and we're going to be calling out some things that might hurt our feelings a little bit yeah so stay with us stay tuned we'll keep it light we'll keep it fun but we'll keep you informed i'm tiffany hawkins i'm alan boomer and we're the momentum advisors Hey everybody, this is Sean again, and if you loved what you just heard from the Momentum Advisors show, the first thing that I want you to do is go to the northstar.com and become a subscriber. We have six different original podcast series, over 500 episodes spread out among those six different series. We have over 2,000 original articles. I am writing almost every single day, and we have so much quality, original liberation journalism there for you to support. And I want you to go now to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, and subscribe for free to the Momentum Advisors Show You will learn so much. It'll take your financial life to the next level. Love and appreciate all of you. And thank you so much to Alan and Tiffany for taking over today's episode and asking a question that I do care about. Is your money racist? I'll see you all back tomorrow with a real original episode of The Breakdown. See you tomorrow.